Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, why is DC the best place to hold an innovation contest? One little gem, one little secret that I'm gonna let your listeners in on today is that we actually have a 10,000 square foot innovation lab right here in the heart of Washington, DC. It's right across from Capital One Arena and it is there where we do some important startup work. Here in the studio with me is Jacqueline Baker. She is the Innovation Program Manager for AARP Innovation Labs, where she's responsible for accelerating the AARP innovation ecosystem, curating programming experiences for both startups and organizations. You know, one of the things that I've learned by working myself with AARP is it's much more active in promoting innovation and entrepreneurship than many people think. And one of the things that uh, Jacqueline and the ARP team are involved in is something that's coming up here in D.C. called the Innovation Labs Grand Pitch Event. And I wanted to highlight this event to our listeners. So today we're going to talk about how the event came about and why it's happening in D.C. And also, to the extent we have time, why ARP has made such a large investment in innovation entrepreneurship. Jacqueline, thanks for being here, first of all. Thank you for having me today. Glad to do it. Let's start with this. What is the Innovation Labs Grand Pitch Event? Yeah, absolutely. So the pitch event itself is the culmination of several different pitches that we've had across the country. We are not new to the pitch game. We've been in uh, pitch competitions for many, many years in the past, but we decided this year to elevate our strategy a little bit to go from producing just one event annually to producing multiple events. So this year, we've actually made four competition stops across the country. And at each stop, we've invited two to three semifinalists to Washington, D.C. to our grand pitch finale, which is happening on Thursday, October the 25th at Union Market. And we're expecting a dynamic event, not only of the pitchers themselves coming to pitch their business ideas to the local D.C. community, but it's also a, a much bigger event that will leave people inspired and motivated to be empowered to live, to choose how they live as they age. And I think that that really is what strikes me about AARP and the whole intertwine with entrepreneurship. Why do it here in D.C. out of all the places where innovation occurs in the country? Why do it here? Yeah, so innovation occurs here in D.C., as you know, as well. Yes, I do. But one little gem, one little secret that I'm going to let your listeners in on today is that we actually have a 10,000 square foot innovation lab right here in the heart of Washington, D.C. It's right across from Capital One Arena. And it is there where we do some important startup work. We work with startups from across the world to co-create products and services on behalf of the 50 plus and to empower this thinking of ageless design. In addition to that, we curate and engineer our very own products and services from scratch. So a lot of people don't know this, but we're building products and services right there in the innovation lab. So why do it here? It's because our innovation lab is here. And so is our headquarters down on 6th and E Northwest. I've been in the space. In fact, uh, you all are going to be hosting um, one of my Tandem uh, Academy classes mm -hmm. in November. So it is great space. And, you know, there are a number of products. Give our listeners an example of a, a product. I think like the memory box thing, mm -hmm. for yeah. example. Yep. So we have um, a product called Let's Be Well. It's our Let's Be Well um, line of boxes. And right now there are two focuses for that. those boxes. One is um, a diabetes box that's focusing on helping people to manage their care on their own terms. And there's also a heart health box as well. And there are a suite of many other products and services that we're developing right here and that are in the marketplace right now. One of the things that um, I learned recently from a presentation, Stephen Fuller, a, a regional expert on economy, I sat through one of his presentations recently. The percentage of over 45, over 50-year-old uh, people in the workforce is very high here, disproportionately high. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are highly educated and are starting their own businesses. There seems to be 
in this region, a lot of entrepreneurship among over 50s. Is that a national trend? And is that why AARP has gotten so involved in innovation? Well, that in addition to the fact that things are changing, the way that we've engaged with our members and our volunteers has changed and the way that we want to continue to engage with our members and our volunteers has changed. So to your point, absolutely, that is one of the reasons why. But we also understand that as people want to age differently, as people want to age in place in their homes, as the way that we're developing products and services is changing, we want to be a part of that conversation and we want to be able to inform consumers um, about the best way to to um, benefit our members. So this could play on different ways. If I'm a startup and I'm trying to figure out whether or not I have a product that can reach people over 50, are you, do you partner with startups to help them? test out products? Absolutely. So that is one of the things that we're doing as we're traveling across the country and we're meeting with different startups. We have partnerships with a couple of accelerators, worldwide, world-class accelerators that help us to identify the best and brightest startups. Honestly, there are some startups that we see who have dynamic products and services, but they haven't quite looked at it from a 50 plus or from an aging lens. And so, of course, that's our expertise. And so we're able to look at it and say, you know what, that's a great product. That's a great service. But have you looked at it like this? Have you looked at it in a way that's going to benefit our membership? So absolutely, that is the lens that we put on it. And how about the local government contractor community, a number of them that work with the agencies? How are you helping them? So the local government contract community, we the good thing about that is that we actually host a number of quarterly events in our hatchery, um, which is the name of our innovation lab. We actually just had one called the Innova um, Innovation and the Future of Work. We just had it actually uh, last week. And what that event focused on was getting people to think about how innovation is changing the way that we work. So individuals like the government contract community, individuals like people who are in architecture, people who are in transportation, had the opportunity to come into the hatchery to learn about how innovation is impacting their work. So in the future, I'll make sure that, you know, your audience gets an invitation to those events. There, you heard it here first. Free invitations. <laughs> <laughs> Another value add from What's Working in Washington. Jacqueline, as I was researching your background for this uh, segment, I was struck that you're also a thought leader on issues such as etiquette as relates to leadership. Do you mind giving me just, is this about good manners or is this something else? Oh, this is something else. Like good manners, that's that's table stakes, right? It is. It, is, it should be table stakes that we're expected to have good manners. But, you know, uh, the world of leadership and etiquette is something that, um, is prevalent regardless. It, it, it crosses different spans. It doesn't matter if you're in athletics. It doesn't matter if you're in innovation, if you're in the startup community. But there's an opportunity to impact people with sound and foundational leadership and etiquette principles, even in the startup world. And so that's been something that I've been able, um, I've been able to take that skill set and apply it not only to a lot of the youth that I teach, but also in our growing innovation and, and um, startup community as well. I often think that entrepreneurship is about empathy. Is etiquette a way to demonstrate that you're actually are seeing clearly the person you're across from? It should be away, right? It, it, and empathy is uh, is a, an interesting thing, especially nowadays. And you, he was, Jonathan, I must tell on tell your listeners about, today was picking on me about my devices. I carry around two cell phones, right? And I'm not shy about that. But I do know that how important it is when we were having a face-to-face -face conversation to ensure that those phones get a backseat and that um, we actually connect face-to-face. -face. And I'm empathetic about your feelings and you giving some of your time to me. And I absolutely appreciate you coming in, Jacqueline, and talking with me. And because etiquette's so important, I'm going to thank you <laughs> for coming on. That was Jacqueline Baker. She is with ARP, the Innovation Lab's there. Check out the hatchery. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And now, Bottom Line with cybersecurity expert J.C. Hertz. I see a lot of guilt and shame in cybersecurity. When I go to a customer's enterprise, it's almost like a confession 
Everyone talks about, well, we don't do this and we haven't done that and there's legacy everywhere and we don't have the people that we need. And they feel really ashamed about this, like their organization is the only one falling down and that somehow everybody else is killing it. And it paralyzes them for action because they feel so ashamed of the situation as it is. One of the best ways to break out of that is from disaster response and preparedness. So when workers go to a refugee camp where everyone's living under tarps, they ask on a scale of zero to 10 with zero is hell, 10 is heaven. Where are you? And what would it take for you to get to that next rung? And when people start thinking in that framework, it's okay that they're operating under constraints. They don't have limitless funds. They can't hire all new cyber ninjas. They have to just figure out what are the things that we can do to maximize our impact under these constraints that we live in. And we're not gonna get to Nirvana, but we can get to that next better place. So the bottom line is, take a breath. Don't be ashamed of yourself. Just think about how to get to that next rung in a better place, under constraints, and you can make constructive progress. I'm JC Hertz, and that's Cybersecurity, The Bottom Line. That was Bottom Line with cybersecurity expert JC Hertz. Thank you to our sponsor, Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Thank you to Speakerbox Communications. Speakerbox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Tandem Product Academy. If you're looking to grow a software technology business and you're past your first five employees or your first half a million dollars of revenue, their free educational program will teach you how to grow your business. Supported by a broad group of our region's leading business organizations and local governments, Tandem Product Academy is free to participants. Learn more at tandeminnovate.com. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.